Welcome to Desirability Alt, where we'll explore the intersections of disability, desire, and alternative relationships. I'm your host, Angela Carr. This podcast is intended for an adult audience who identifies with or is curious about alternative relationships, including kink, BDSM, non-monogamy, total power exchange, and more. This content is not suitable for those under the age of 18. Get ready, listen by yourself, or gather with your partners and enjoy this episode. Hey everybody, welcome back. Today we're going to talk about coming out kinky with medical professionals. There's not a whole lot of information out there about coming out as kinky even with our loved ones. We can learn some from the LGBTQ community about how to come out, but our coming out is a little more complicated. How do we tell our parents or even our vanilla friends? How do we tell our doctors or other medical professionals? It gets more complicated by the fact that what we do is still considered illegal. We may need to stay in the closet with certain family members. There are lots of stories about people losing their jobs, losing custody battles after they've come out. So I would support anyone keeping their kink identity private in today's society. However, with medical professionals, I would also suggest talking with providers about safety aspects of kink how kink can affect you medically or emotionally. So we're going to focus today on coming out kinky with medical professionals. We're going to discuss these questions, starting with why do we want to come out with medical professionals? Which medical professionals do we want to come out to? What are our fears or concerns about coming out? How do we go about coming out? And then what happens next? dealing with the aftermath, or what happens after we come out to our medical professionals. So let's start with our why. Before we come out, we always want to think about why we want to come out to our medical professionals. And our reasons are going to be individualized. If I were to ask each of you your reasons for coming out, we would get a ton of different answers. I'll give you some reasons that I thought of. If you think of more, feel free to share them with me by going to desirability.com. An important reason that you may want to come out to your doctors may be that you're concerned they may see marks or bruises on your body while examining you. Medical providers may see these marks and bruises and automatically think we're being abused. Letting them know about it ahead of time will help put their mind at ease so they won't jump to conclusions. It could be emotional or psychological reasons, particularly if you're coming out to a therapist or a psychiatrist. It could be medical issues. Maybe you have some concerns about how BDSM affects you medically. For those of us with disabilities, we may have concerns about 
how BDSM will impact our disability. There could be reasons related to a sense of autonomy. This is who I am and I'm proud of who I am, so I want to share that. It could also be related to past trauma. Maybe you have experienced trauma or you have PTSD and you're concerned as you're entering a BDSM relationship. It could have to do with your healthcare decisions, medical decisions you have to make, or perhaps medical decisions someone else may need to make for you either now or in the future, or legal decisions someone else may need to make for you. It could be a myriad of other reasons. Before you come out to any medical professionals, think first about why you want to do so. What are you hoping to gain by coming out? It's also just as important to think about who we want to come out to. So just because you come out to one or two doctors doesn't mean you have to come out to all of your doctors. Not only are our reasons going to be individualized, but we're also going to have different reasons to come out to different doctors or professionals. You want to pick the right medical professional and pick the right time. We want to think about who are the doctors we want to do this with. Who are the doctors we feel safe to do this with? This could be your primary care physician, your mental health therapist, specialists that you have, nurses. Again, this is going to be individualized to you, and this will be different for everyone. For me, a foot doctor doesn't necessarily need to know about my BDSM activities, but if you or your partners have a foot fetish or you're doing S&M involving your feet, maybe your foot doctor does need to know. What are our fears about coming out? There could be a fear of how to explain your dynamic. You may be fearful that you may be judged you may say to yourself, what if they want details? What are they going to say back to me? You may be fearful about getting less quality treatment. How are they going to treat my condition if they know this thing about me? A big fear that I've heard from folks in the lifestyle is, is this doctor going to report me to authorities if they see marks or bruises on my body. And laws are different depending on where you live. I'm not an attorney, so I can't answer that question, but there are kink-aware attorneys out there that you could go to to ask those questions. What are some other fears you can think of or other fears that you have about coming out to medical professionals? Next, we're going to talk about how to come out. Are you going to do this alone with the doctor, or will you do this along with your partner or partners? For me, by the time I'm talking to my doctors about kink or power exchange, they have met my sir. They see how we interact. They see how concerned he is about me how he asks questions, and how I look to him when it comes to decision-making. 
I have actually found it easier to tell medical professionals about S&M or play on a day that I am alone without my sir. That way, the doctors don't think I'm being coerced in any way by him being there. But they have met my sir previously. In my experiences, when I've come out, I've related it to a question I've had. I prepare them for it by saying, I have a question for you which may seem strange or unusual. This helps them to get ready for the question. It also lets them know that you're about to share something very private. Maybe you even want to tell them that you're a little nervous about telling them. This can help both you and them. I think this leads to them being kinder in their response to you, and it also can help ease your anxiety. Make sure to describe your dynamic as consensual acts between adults, whether this is play that you just do on occasion or this is a lifestyle choice that you do 24-7. Make sure to make them aware that this is something you choose and you want. Plan your words ahead of time to be better prepared and ease your anxiety around this. Imagine yourself talking to someone who knows nothing about kink, BDSM, or power exchange, because honestly, most providers don't know much. You can even role play with a loved one Pretend that you're talking with your doctor. Remember, we're all adults in consensual relationships, whether that be S&M, whether that be poly, whether that be total power exchange, whether that be swinging, whatever the case may be. We're all adults in consensual relationships. So again, you really want to make sure that you convey that clearly to the professional. This is important so that they don't mistake this for an abusive situation. The next question becomes, how much do we disclose? This is going to depend on the type of professional you're coming out to and what their specialization is. So your therapist will need to know different information than your urologist. This is why it's important to think first about why you're coming out to this particular professional. How you come out will depend on those questions that you want answered from this professional. Let's go back to fears for a minute. The reason I like to do role playing is because it's a good way to get out in the open what our worst case scenario might be. This can actually help to ease our anxiety. So think about what's the worst case scenario? What's the worst thing this doctor or nurse could possibly say or do when we come out to them? Maybe we fear they might laugh at us. Now in the past, I have experiences with people laughing at me. Most of the time, what I would do in that situation is give a nervous laugh myself and feel really insecure. But if I can think ahead of time about how I'm going to respond if this doctor laughs at me, I'll be able to come up with a response, with an appropriate response. 
Keeping in mind that if they really are professionals, they likely won't be laughing at me. But again, this is worst case scenario. If we can have a plan in place for the worst possible case that could happen and how we would handle that, we'll be much better prepared. If I can handle this, I can handle anything. Now, how about dealing with the aftermath? Let's say you've come out to your doctor and now what? What is their response? Is their response different than you had expected? You could take some time to process that. Do you feel supported with this professional? Or do you feel judged? Do you still feel safe with this provider? If you no longer feel safe with this provider, you do have some options. One, you have the right to change providers at any time. And you can also get a list of kink-aware specialists. Look for the National Coalition for Sexual Freedom. They have a list of kink-aware doctors, lawyers, and other kinds of professionals. That website is ncsfreedom.org. And I'll put a link to the kink-aware professionals list in the show notes along with that website. So that's really a great resource. If you're uncomfortable in a session with a provider, you have the right to say, thank you for your time. I'm going to leave and find a new provider. And you can leave. Remember, you are paying for their service. There is nothing that says you have to finish this session if you're uncomfortable. Now, I recognize a lot of us can't afford to take a day off from work, pay another copay, or we don't have time to search for another provider. But if you really are that uncomfortable, you do have the right to leave. What if the professional's response is just simply that they really don't understand what you're talking about? I have actually had this response from medical professionals more often than the judging critical response that I've feared. Now, personally, I think The Fifty Shades of Grey series is not a very good resource about BDSM. However, almost everyone is familiar with it. So if a doctor or nurse isn't sure what I'm referring to, I will give Fifty Shades of Grey as an example. I'll even tell them I think it's a bad example, but I'm using it just because it's so popular. Then their response is usually like, oh, okay. I want to note, too, that just because you may have a medical professional or a therapist who, who is not kink-aware doesn't necessarily make them a bad provider. The only time I would really recommend firing your doctor or finding a new doctor is if they are being critical and judgmental. I don't mind answering questions from my providers. My therapist, my mental health therapist, only knows about poly and kink from what I have told her. She is not kink aware. She asked me a lot of questions out of curiosity, but she's not being judgmental. She's just curious. And she's a great therapist. 
so I have no problem continuing with her. I get what I need from our sessions. Now, honestly, most of what I talk about in therapy is around work or family issues, not specifically around the dynamic. And if you really need someone focused on the dynamic, you may feel differently and want someone who is kink aware. I want to give you some examples of times where I've come out to medical professionals. The first time I ever had to come out to a doctor was when I wanted STI testing, sexually transmitted infection testing. I was active in the poly and swinging communities at the time. I looked at it this way. If I'm going to participate in these types of adult activities, I have to be responsible enough to get STI testing every six months. When I would go to get tested, the doctor would ask me, aren't you married? And I'd have to explain to them that yes, I am married, but we are poly and we both have other partners. My first experience doing this was with a primary care physician, and I was married at the time and we were poly. I got this response from the doctor that really pissed me off. He was like, oh, referring to my husband. Oh, he would be into that sort of thing. Now, my husband was a big guy covered in tattoos. This doctor had this bias against my husband because of the way he looked. The interesting thing is that I was actually the one who got us involved in poly, swinging, and kink. It wasn't my husband at all. It was me. So here's this doctor saying, oh, figures he would be into that sort of thing. And so it really pissed me off. So you know what I did? I got a new primary care doctor. A few years later, my husband got sick. He had cardiomyopathy which is an enlarged heart, and he spent the last six months of his life in and out of hospitals and eventually came home with hospice care. My metamor, his girlfriend and I, would always be in the hospital with him. We celebrated his birthday there. We had Christmas there. And it was really neat because the staff in the hospital there got to know my metamor and I pretty well. At first, they were sort of taken back, like, wait, that's the girlfriend, that's the wife. They were looking at us like we were going to start a cat fight or something. But over a little bit of time, they realized that we got along well. We were both there to support him. We were a family unit. And as soon as they realized that, they were fine with it. They respected both of us and respected our dynamic. They knew that Most of the time, she was there during the day when I was at work. I was there at night, and sometimes we were all there together. We had a really good system. The hospital staff surprisingly supported us really well. I'm grateful that they supported us so well, and we were able to give him some happy moments during that time. And today, we have some wonderful memories to share from that time. Fast forward a few years. Today I'm in a new relationship with my sir. Today I'm typically the one who is the patient. 
My sir today comes to all my doctor's appointments with me. It's interesting because most doctors who know me have not questioned my sir coming into the office with me. He'll come right into the office with me. He will help me get up on the table. He will help me get undressed and dressed again after. He will ask questions and my doctors have had no issues with this. Now some nurses have, and that's been interesting. Once I had this nurse at the gynecologist's office saying to my sir, okay, you can go now. I'll take over from here. I'll help her. And I'm thinking to myself, no, he's the one that helps me get dressed. He's the one I want helping me get dressed and undressed. He sees me naked every day. This nurse doesn't know me at all. I don't care whether he's male or you're female. He's my person. Unfortunately, at the time, I didn't stand up to this nurse in this situation because I felt like I didn't know what to say. Looking back on it, I wish I had. I wish I had had a little bit more assertiveness skills to say, hey, wait a minute, no. Because honestly, my sir left the room and this nurse was helping me, but she wasn't doing things the way that I'm used to, the way that I prefer. She was rushing me and making me feel uncomfortable. I really regret it staying quiet afterwards. I've had similar situations when I've gone into the hospital. Like I've said, I've had my specialists and doctors that know my relationship with my sir, or at least they know enough to know that he's going to come in, he's going to ask questions, and he's going to be actively involved. When I go into the hospital and they don't know either of us at all, they kind of look at me funny when he comes in the room with me. Today, I'll tell them as I'm walking up and I see that curious look on their face that yes, he is coming in with me. I've had experiences as well telling doctors about kink or S&M. I remember once I went to a play party on a Saturday and experienced some fire play at this party. Then I went to my orthopedic back doctor on Monday completely forgetting that I had this fireplace scene on Saturday. It was funny because the doctor just saw my back and just went, oh, is that cupping? And I was like, yes, I admitted to it, but I was embarrassed thinking, what's he going to do? What's he going to say? And he said, okay, here's the thing about that. A lot of people use cupping as physical therapy or massage for pain relief, not necessarily with fire, but cupping in general. So he really wasn't phased by it. I've also had the experience of telling my mental health therapist and my sponsor in my 12-step program. My program is Overeaters Anonymous, which is similar to AA or NA, but for food addiction. I've told my therapist and my OA sponsor about our total power exchange dynamic. A sponsor is not a professional. It's a fellow addict who helps me in my recovery. But coming out to her felt the same as coming out to my therapist. 
I worried what her reaction would be. Would she drop me? How would that affect my recovery in my program? So how did I bring that up? I did not use the terms master and slave. I discussed having a power exchange dynamic. I talked about how my dynamic with my sir actually improves my mental health. And again, my therapist and sponsor already knew my sir and could tell that I was in a healthy relationship. They just didn't know about all the structure and protocols in my relationship. Neither my therapist or my OA sponsor at the time really understood it. For my sponsor, I chose a gay woman who I believed would be open-minded. They were curious about it and asked questions, but there's a way to do that that's not judgmental. And even though I had to explain it to them, I still felt supported. The doctors I've had conversations with about S&M or play have been my gynecologists, urologists, I have two of them, spina bifida specialists, which are usually physical medicine and rehabilitation doctors, my back doctor, who is an orthopedic doctor, and my primary care doctor. I also see another orthopedic doctor for my knees. He doesn't need to know about my S&M or power exchange beyond the fact that this person is going to come into the room with me, take care of me, and help me up on the table and ask questions. Now, most, if not all, of my doctors pretty much know something about the power exchange part. Not necessarily that we're in a total power exchange dynamic, but they know he is my emergency contact. He is the one I filled out paperwork to make medical decisions for me if I'm unable to. He comes with me to the majority of my appointments. This has been interesting since COVID because a lot of doctors now have a rule that you come by yourself. This is where I tell them that he's the one that helps me get up on the table and get dressed because of my disability. So yes, I want him in there with me. Now, probably because of my disability, they say, okay, I haven't had any doctor's offices say no to me yet. Honestly, if I didn't have a disability, I imagine this would be much harder in today's world due to COVID. I don't know that they would be as willing to allow that if someone did not have a physical or a visible disability. A lot of people use BDSM as a way to handle chronic pain. That is not well known or well understood in the medical field yet, but I wish it would be. I kind of wish that more people would talk to their doctors about chronic pain disability, and BDSM. A final tip I want to leave you with is do your research on chronic pain, chronic illness, disability, and BDSM. I've seen a lot of anecdotal evidence of a connection between disability and kink or fibromyalgia and kink or chronic illness and kink. Do your research so that If the doctor gives you a snarky attitude, you can throw some research back at them. 
or even just for your own sense of belonging, knowing that you're not alone. I have never met another person with spina bifida through my travels and going to school when I was younger, going to work, or my daily routines. You know where I connected with other people with spina bifida? FetLife. I went to a munch and found another person with spina bifida right in my area. There's also a ton of groups on FetLife about different types of disabilities, chronic illness, and kink. Join them and get to know other people you can connect with. Nine times out of ten, when I ask a doctor a question related to S&M or play, the response I get is, I don't know. They listen and they're curious, but they don't treat me any differently. They're not shocked when I tell them about it. Doctors really have heard so many different sexual things. It's really not a huge shock for them. I also want to leave you with a book recommendation. There's a book I highly recommend called Bound. It's written by Elizabeth Ann Wood. I'm going to paraphrase here, but just give you a little synopsis. It's a book basically where she finds out that her mother was a dominatrix and her mom got sick. Her mom got cancer and went into the hospital. Her mother did come out to her as she was a sex educator. But when her mom went in the hospital, she went to her mother's house and she's cleaning out and she found the St. Andrew's cross and other things like that. And it was just her experience of caring for her mother as she's dying and also dealing with the medical professionals and also learning more about her mother's history as a dominatrix. She talks about, and I'm paraphrasing here, but she talks about, imagine if mom had been able to come out to these medical professionals. Mom could have had a physical therapy plan based around what her personal goals were. Things like strengthening her arms so that she could throw a flogger, for example. If they could have given her that as a goal, maybe she would have been a little more willing to do physical therapy. I thought it was just such a great example, and it just got me thinking about what advances we could actually possibly make in the medical field around BDSM and kink if people could feel safe to open up more and talk about their needs and desires with their medical professionals. What if we were to normalize kink and BDSM just a bit so that medical professionals would be willing to study how it affects us medically or psychologically or spiritually? At the end of every episode, I'll be posting a question for you to consider. In today's episode, we discussed fears we have about coming out to our medical professionals. What are your experiences around this? Have you come out to a medical professional as kinky? Are you afraid to come out as kinky? What are your fears about this? I'd love to hear your thoughts and experiences on this topic. Go to desirability.com. That's D-I-S-I-R ability.com and share your thoughts with me.
Thank you for joining me today. Be well. Desirability Alt was created and hosted by me, Angela Carr. Opinions expressed are from my own personal experience or that of my guests. Did you like what you heard today? Be sure to follow Desirability Alt wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, you can also find me at desirability.com or on any social media at desirability. That's D I S. I-R-Ability. Thank you for sharing this journey with me.